Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to a new edition of Leave the Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. It's almost been like a year, right, Gabriel, since we haven't been on the air here on Leave the Ring? I don't know if Gabriel put himself on mute, but that's a tradition. You know, you, you can't start a show <laughs> without Gabriel putting himself on mute. No matter, how long, ran, uh... no matter how long of a layoff we've gone on, you know, that it's got it. That has to come in key that yourself, you put yourself on mute, man. How you been, bro? <laughs> I've been good, man. Uh, it's, I was looking at your tweet and about to retweet it. And I was like, you know, I never drink, but when I do, it's going to be on Leave It in the Ring. So I ran to the fridge and grabbed a beer that's probably been in my fridge <laughs> since the last time we did a show, which was like last September. Uh, so, you know, I'm rocking a Sapporo from Burning Man, I think. Uh, I'm doing good, man. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of writing, uh, getting ready to go in rehearsals next month for a play. I've been prepping for that for like three months now or something like that. Uh, I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, it's been a long time. It's been a lot of boxing. It's been a lot yeah, of changes. I, a, lot, a lot of boxing, a lot of changes. Um, you know, a lot of changes, but still the same old recipe in, in boxing. You know, uh, of course, we got a lot of things to cover. Top rank. We got the Zone, ESPN Plus, Showtime. They all seem they have a race to get the most viewerships with some really bad packaging, though, as we're kind of witnessing. We were kind of hoping that with the apps coming out, which which is a good thing, because if one thing, boxing has always been um, ahead of the curve of of, of technology when it comes comes down to technology. You know, they kind of saw the future. HBO decided to retire out, which was a little earlier than what, what I had thought, but they bowed out. Not sure if they really bowed out, if they, I mean, completely, because, you know, money talks, things can change. But as of right now, what we're seeing with the apps, ESPN Plus to the zone, Showtime really doesn't have a very busy schedule, if anything. They got more pay-per-view booked. Uh, uh, more in the books than in anything else. Uh, Showtime, um, the new generation really hasn't been in any talks to anybody. Uh, nobody really tweets about it or Facebooks about it. Uh, but you even got Facebook Live. They're doing fights. But, you know, as a fight fan, Gabriel, and I know like yourself, uh, for many years, we've been doing this for, what, 10 years, uh, podcasting here on Leave and Ring, give or take, because we've, you know, we've taken long layoffs. Um, but we've always said, hey, we want more fights. And we're getting those more, more fights uh, to the point that we're getting them like Friday, Saturday, even Sundays, Thursdays. If we're lucky, we're getting these fights, whether it's on the app, whether it's on Facebook, ESPN. Uh, things, things are happening in boxing. You know, we're, we are now getting a chance to see every single fight around the world rather than being – on a KO magazine or anything else, any forum asking somebody if they got 
film or if they could send a D, uh, you know, if I could buy a D, D, uh, DVD from them to see the fight. We're getting everything. But I see the complaints from fans, you know, because even though we haven't been on air, I still stick around and I read everybody's tweets. I, I still answer emails that are sent to us on Leaving the Ring uh, Gmail. And a lot of folks are not quite happy with the quality of fights. We're getting a large quantity of fights on the apps and whatnot. And, you know, we have the advocates that are saying this is good for boxing, uh, which I thought so too, Gabriel, because I was one of them saying, hey, listen, this is a chance that the promoters actually get a, they're able to kind of get in tune with the fight fans are looking for, what fans are really looking for. But as of right now, we're seeing some fights that are being put on apps or, or everywhere, even like Showtime, that it's almost like they're in a feud with themselves. Even like watching uh, Showtime's president, Steven Espinoza, and uh, the CEO of, of uh, Matchroom uh, Promotions, uh, Eddie Hearns, they're going at it on Twitter uh, about who has who and what, what, who has done what. But going back with the, with the quality of fights, they're not that high level, especially for the beginning of this year, January, now in February. Uh, I, you know, the two best fights right now that I can think of that have been pretty good uh, was John Molina and Omar Figueroa. And then on Saturday night on DAZN, you had Brandon Rios and Humberto Soto, which were two old-aged warriors, and they were matched correctly in facing each other. I know originally fight fans weren't so happy about it, thought that um, Soto was just going to you know, get run, ran over by Reels, but we saw the opposite. We saw a game Soto that still is very uh, skillful, um, could take a hit, and obviously give back what he gets. But I still get the sense that the monopoly is still out there. Remember the major complaint, Gabriel, about Al Heyman? He was trying to take over boxing. The monopoly, he was trying to get this whole monopoly of boxing. He wanted complete control. Well, we're seeing that with everybody. I mean, has that really changed from the start? You have Valens Matarosian complaining about Don King, uh, a man that tried to have a monopoly over boxing. And we're still having bad deals in boxing here. It, nothing's really changed. Time has changed. We're getting older. I'm losing more hair. I'm getting gray hair. I know you're not losing any hair, man. I see your pictures you post up. Boy, you got that nice little fro going on there, man. <laughs> How do you pull it actually, off, bro? <laughs> actually, almost off right now. I, uh, I had to, I'm cutting it short for the for the new thing. It's kind of kind of scary, you know. Forty, almost forty six. You worry if it's going to grow back, but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I've been trying to rock that uh, Pablo Escobar look for for a while now. Uh, you know. <laughs> It's weird. I mean, it all happened at once. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you had DAZN in the mix. HBO stepped back, although they could be retired like Floyd is retired, kind of letting everybody else fight it out. Everybody else kind of stake a claim and, and maybe fail. Um, and then they swoop in with a new look with, a, you know, a streaming service or whatever. Although, you know, they're, they're in the business, like they said, of entertainment uh, and boxing is kind of a niche thing. I, I just think, you know, the bidding war, that it was just it just wasn't important to them. Um, strange to see them go. But at the same time, you know, they changed the game, and and uh, it's been so long that we've been on a show. I'm like, do I? We actually haven't done a show. It was one of our last shows. It was supposed to be HBO leaves boxing, and then we didn't do it. Um, people were like, you know, upset about it. Uh, they were mad at HBO for not caring more about boxing. But if you really think about it, 
as a sport, did HBO ever really care about boxing? They gave us a lot of memories over the years, a lot of great fights, but they also helped move the sport away from the mainstream, uh, away from uh, free TV to pay cable, made it uh, you know a much smaller audience was seeing our sport. It marginalized us in a way. We ended up being you know uh, kind of the first cut from uh, the mainstream, the first cut from the newspapers, um, and then you know they also gave us pay per view. Um, which further marginalized the sport and also kind of tarnished our image as we got fights that aren't that good. Uh, that became boxing's image was this kind of, uh, you know, den of swindlers uh, with the occasional, you know, good fight. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm not shitting on uh, HBO's entire legacy, but you can't just say there were great fights and that's the only part of the legacy. Uh, they detracted from boxing, I, I think in many ways, I don't know if almost as much as they gave to it, you know, but they certainly changed the model and now it's changed again. Now it's going to be about subscribers uh, and not pay-per-view numbers as, you know, DAZN is saying, and we'll see, you know, how that goes. Pay-per-view is dead uh, unless you're uh, Fox sports one or showtime, which uh, is, is getting into the pay-per-view business. Uh, Al Heyman went from, you know, bringing it to free TV to now bringing it to, you know, FS1, which has been doing great in terms of, uh, you know, cross promotion and, and uh, the, the ratings for, for their fights have been great. Uh, you know, PBC is, is a strong brand. They're, they're here to stay. And I think we can probably move past the when is the PBC going to fold and, and the Waddell and Reed, you know, uh, bank account watch. I think we can stop those things and, and just accept them as another so too. part of boxing, you know. Yeah, we'll see if I, I totally agree. Feel the same way about them. Yeah, now now the eyes are really on on DAZN. You know, they they got a pretty big hefty budget, um, but as they can see now that having a hefty budget and not having the fighters really don't matter. You got to have the right fights, you know. And I I can see where they're struggling trying to get the right matches to attract people. Getting Canelo was a big thing. You got Canelo. Um, you know, but overall, if you start looking at, <clears throat> you start looking at what you're paying a month, and if you're only getting Canelo, what, uh, twice out of the year, you pretty much paid for almost close to a 1990 pay-per-view slot, right? You're not paying that 70, uh, 70 to $80, uh, pay-per-view buy, but you're definitely paying back, you know, 45 to, to you know, to $50 a year, uh, and fight, and because the rest of the other fights are, are basically fights that just fill in um, fights that you can really just pass on and DVR. So to me, it's, it's if to attract new fans because that's where it really comes down to it. Uh, you know, it is a niche sport, so you gotta attract attract new fans. You know, what, let me tell you about ESPN Plus because ESPN Plus too hasn't really produced. I mean, last year, uh, before the end of uh, 2018, they were putting on some really good fights, entertaining fights. Tom Frank was really, you know, um, dishing it out. What's in store this year? I'm not really quite sure. Hopefully they continue on with that road. But the thing with ESPN Plus is they have, you know, baseball, they have basketball, they got football on there. But their their level of content in terms of having many documentaries and in, in some, you know, uh, sub-series of, of, of the sport, of, uh, you know, other sports, even sports you're not into. I would tune in and I, and I watch. The zone kind of needs to get into that. They, they kind of have to find a little bit more just content. Having those two other guys, um, I don't even remember their names, the, the guys that try to dress all hip-hop and all that, 
I just don't have no interest for them trying to be cool. You know, I, we, we see that on the YouTube channels. You know, there's enough of those guys. They all want to be cool. They don't want to report it. They don't want to actually contribute anything of real interest, something that I really want to grab me or make you go, oh, I did not know that. Like, I mean, they probably have, like, telling you what Canelo wears, but who really gives a shit what Canelo wears? I don't care what, you know, what kind of fashion he wears. You know, there's other stuff in the sport. There's a lot of stories in, in, in the combat sports that you can cover. So that's something they should start really looking into and kind of investing if they want to attract fans. If they want to get a fan, a new fan that goes, well, oh, I didn't really know that about that fighter, uh, you know, or this story, you know, and it kind of attracts them to go back and look at the archives that they have put up. Just like ESPN, they have put, DAZN has put up archives of fights uh, that you can, you know, go back and look at, which is really good stuff. But they need to play catch up in terms of other things that ESPN Plus does. Um, my big concern is this, Gabriel. Top rank signs on, and ESPN signs on uh, Tyson Fury. How much of a jeopardy do you think is going to happen now with the Wilder fight? Because unlike a lot of fight fans, I'm one of those that are like, well, I'm not really too excited about Tyson Fury. I don't really want to see him. I mean, is he that exciting of a heavyweight? I mean, is he more exciting than Dante Wilder? Do, do, do people really believe that? Because I don't. I, I could see Dante Wilder fight anybody, and I know that it's going to be a train wreck, and I know that it's going to be exciting, and then any given moment, Wilder's going to get dropped, or he's going to knock out his opponent. Tyson Fury is a completely different beast. I think that you have to fit Tyson Fury with the right person. And signing on with top rank, where does that really leave him? I mean, yes, it's a great idea. He's signed. He's got a big budget. He's making great money. You can't knock him for that. But do you want to see Tyson Fury versus Andy Ruiz or Josh, uh, 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 Josh, Joseph Parker? I don't. I don't want to see that. Where does it leave Horrible. everything right now in heavyweight division? Yeah, I... <laughs> For a guy that was going to give all his money to the homeless, I'd like to see if anybody ever verified if that happened. Um, and that he didn't care about the money and said, I'm going to retire skint because I'm just going to give away all my money. Um, you know, and we Did saw people reporting that. speech too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he I, guess we could... <laughs> I don't care about money. <laughs> I, I want to wait till actually all the, the, the reportage is done. I'm, I'm I'm really getting sick of, I've been told, even though I used to engage in that sort of thing, uh, and, and guys end up being wrong. Like, you know, when we saw Tom Loeffler just like shooting with both barrels reports that he was out as the promoter for Triple G and, and, and this, that, and the other thing, and, and uh, kind of went at a few people about it. Um, I want to wait on that, on the Triple G stuff. But uh, with Tyson Fury, you know, he, uh, we were hearing that the fight was almost done, the rematch. Uh, he really wanted it, and then boom, uh, he's going to co-promote, uh, or you know, enters into a enter, enters into a co-promotional deal with Top Rank. Uh, you know, he's with with you know with Frank Warren, who Frank Warren had already made a deal, I guess, with Top Rank to show uh, some of their cards on ESPN Plus. So it's kind of completed the deal, or you know, was the second part of it. Yeah, it throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. You know, uh, I know Bob Arum has sent out uh, an offer. Uh, right. to, you know, to, to have received it, we don't quite know what it is yet. Um, you know, we'll see if it's and I doubt we're going to have a Twitter war. I doubt we're going to have a, a Twitter war between Bob Arum and uh, you know Sean Al Heyman. Heyman. 
Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Finkel. You know, to know whether or not there was really a contract sent out, but. No, I mean, Shelly Finkel, you know, he, he confirmed that he got it and, then, you know, publicly said that, you know, we've received the offer and, and, and all that. So we'll just kind of go from there. But but uh, it does seem strange, you know, like can – with what everybody's doing, you know, you've got DAZN, that universe, and, you know, Golden Boy's there, Matchroom's there, um, and and now you've got, you know, the the World Boxing Super Series – uh, I believe is is it's back on for like April and it's there, um, but then you've got the Fox Sports One Universe, you know, show, show Showtime Universe. Um, you go well, you know, and then ESPN, you know, and, and the Plus, which is you know all one package. Um, are these guys looking to do cross promotions like HBO Showtime? Everybody always points to that, but you know we also have to remember that you know Tyson was pretty much done at that point. Showtime HBO took that money. But, uh, you know, how many times has that really happened? I mean, think uh, Pacquiao Mayweather, right, is the other time that it happened. Um, right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know if anybody's looking to help to zone out uh, or, you know, e- or if ESPN's looking to, to help out Fox Sports 1, you know, uh, or, or the Showtime universe. I'm, I'm really curious. I don't know what those relationships are. You know, it's a lot to to gone, but we'll see, you know. Um, is Bob going to try to lure a, Wilder over? You know, is that is that what this is? You know, I, I you know, hope I not. But the more you look into it, you, you have to figure Tyson Fury was told. I mean, look, the guy obviously deserves whatever amount of money that's coming his way. You know, uh, he put up a hell of a show. Uh, many thought, including myself, that he edged a win over Wilder, uh, it was probably one of the most talked about heavyweight fights in a very long, long, long time. His name has become a household throughout the whole world. But going back is he had a very lucrative amount of money offered to him, if, if it was offered correctly, to face Wilder in a rematch. But as we know in boxing, things tend to get a bit greedy, and you can start looking at the at the playing field and say, well, you know, I can go and eat this cabbage for a lot of money, and I could, you know, stack up the, the, the dollar signs in my bank account before I go back for the big gusto. Um, my fear is this, that it gets dragged out, you know, because like I said here, Al Heyman was targeted as a guy that was trying to take take over boxing. But the truth is, is that every promoter, is trying to take over boxing. If that wasn't the case, we'd see them all come in agreement of saying, hey, let's, you know, mix and match. Let's make up the best fights. But we're not seeing that. What we're seeing right now is everybody's chasing down as many subscribers as they can get for themselves. It's a gimme, gimme game. The friends with benefits don't come around the corner until later because there has to be more benefits before they can become friends. So I asked the fight fans out there, do you really want to see Tyson Fury against Andy Ruiz, who's with top rank? Uh, who else is with top rank as a heavyweight? Because if I remember correctly, top rank didn't really have the, didn't really hold the heavyweight cards. Brian Jennings? Yeah, oh, wow. Brian Jennings. Yeah, Bob Aaron has a piece of Parker. Uh, yeah, that, that, you know, they have a, a pretty young, I think, Italian heavyweight. Um, 
there might be some most of the other piece of that I'm, I'm, I'm missing, but uh, yeah, not you know not the best. I'm just like you know I, I just don't really understand it. You know, uh, when you look at that division, wouldn't you want if you're Tyson Fury, wouldn't you want to go to DAZN and try to fight Joshua? But I guess that would lock you out of the Wilder thing. He thought maybe you know Bob would be more amenable. Yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know, he thinks that Bob Andy Ruiz. He needed somebody with leverage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking that maybe he thought, or maybe thinking that he needs a, a, a you know somebody that's been in the business for a long time that can do some negotiation for him that has leverage. Obviously, his team and himself thought of it. Thought of you know took some time to really think about it. Uh, because even it was kind of brilliant the way he did make his comeback and the opponent that he did choose to fight, uh, which was against Wilder. And it, it, and it, like I said, I mean, you want to talk about getting yourself back in the mix. He got himself back, really back into the mix. You know, not a lot of guys can come, come back from boxing, being retired out of two years and active for two years, and then create that much noise, you know, be... Well, especially because be the way he... He took himself out of the game by breaking down mentally and also by failing, mm-hmm. you know, PED tests. Um, you know, uh, he doesn't want to talk about any of that stuff now. And, you know, I can understand a person wanting to move forward. But, uh, I mean, he sure wanted to talk about – he didn't want to talk about the PED stuff, but he'd tell everybody how depressed he was uh, and, and the drugs that he did, you know. All, all that was was the hard sell. I'm not saying, you know, he didn't experience that, but – Everywhere he went, you know, he was the story heading into the fight. Uh, Wilder, I guess, was kind of the story coming out, although, you know, a lot of that story was that how bad he looked, you know, how, how bad he boxed in the fight. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that this, that this guy at the gym said he felt that, uh, you know, that Fury was more marketable. And honestly, coming the, the, the thing, the fight was, was not that great, save for the knockdowns. Um, I thought it was closer than, than people thought. Like when I watched it the second time, first time I was like, this is kind of a clinic. Uh, but, you know, I had a buddy live that, that felt uh, the wilder one, uh, whose, whose opinion I really trust. But if you look at the fight, it was like it had drama, but like it didn't have a whole hell of a lot of action. There was a lot of fainting. Uh, Fury's patented triple faint, uh, you know, with like maybe a jab and then like he moves away. Uh, he's not the most exciting guy in the world, but uh, people love listening to him talk. And for me, when the promotion was over, I was like, God, I'm glad I don't have to listen to them talk anymore because uh, it's some long-winded dudes. And Wilder isn't exactly the most eloquent cat in the world. He says some kind of crazy stuff sometimes. Um, you know, I think he's honest and everything. And I think he's got a great story too, you know, uh, turning pro to, to basically to, to save his, his child and be able to pay for his family. Um, he's got a great story, but uh, together, you know, maybe it's not the best matchup. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, how Fury is going to match up with the rest of the heavyweight division, and you know, how many fights are in in the deal. Um, you know, is is are, are we going to see a lot of the also rans before we see Wilder? Or are we going to see Wilder and then a bunch of also rans? You know, if you depends on how he loses too. You know, uh, if he loses the, the the rematch, so I don't know. You know, there's well, uh, lots to look forward to. If I'm Wilder, I'm in a great position, you know, because in reality, everybody still wants to see him get in with basically anybody. You know, uh, we got Joshua going against baby, uh, you know, uh, baby Miller. Uh, 
You got Tyson still kind of out there. I mean, Wilder to me is a guy that no matter where he goes, we're still going to want to watch him. In my opinion, I still think that Wilder is the most exciting heavyweight right now. He put the heavyweight division back on the map. He he did his part. Whether you like his style, whether you – I mean, you can sit there and criticize. I've criticized the guy many times. I called him the Bambi of heavyweights because his legs are never underneath his feet. But all that said, he's by far the ticket that everybody wants to buy to go watch. He said some really outlandish shit, as you just mentioned. But at the same time, Gabriel, I mean, he really does come and, to, you know, back up what he says. He says, I want to come out and try and knock this dude's head out. You know, I want to get a body bag underneath my belt. I mean, I think the guy really does try to get that across in the ring when he throws his punches. Um, it's the other guys that really, in my opinion, need to keep – they need to make the right strategic decisions so that they don't lose the interest of the fans, because I think while they're still going to be able to produce explosive matches and whoever he decides to face on next, you know, if he gets the winner of Miller and Anthony, I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, if he even was to, you know, uh, get in with uh, uh, Dominic uh, uh, Brazil, there's history with those two. Uh, you know, there's still fights out there for the heavyweights to kind of just jump around each other. I'm just very curious of whether or not top rank is going to want to jump in those playing fields because we've seen it with history with top rank and Bob Arum. Bob sometimes can tend to be a bit stubborn. Anyways, um, you guys want to call in. We're going to be opening up the phone lines here in a short bit here. Uh, 347-215-7598. It's myself, Dave Dwins here. I'll leave the ring with my co-host, Mr. Gable Montoya. It's good to be back. If I sound, If we have an echo, man, it's because – my podcast studio is still not built. It's pretty much empty in here. All I got right now is a desk, a laptop, and a bunch of crap and posters and all kinds of other shit just kind of laying around. Not even my ice coolers in here, Gabriel. So unlike you, I don't have a beer in my hand. What I do have is some oh, water a and a Pepsi can. I know, I know, man. I'm, I'm really just dropping the ball here and stuff. But um, hey, really quick, man, I want to thank everybody that uh, sent me – uh, a condolence uh, of my grandfather who, who recently passed away two weeks ago. Um, we actually were, uh, we, you know, uh, we had a funeral for him uh, this past Friday and Saturday. Um, and uh, my grandfather is the man that got me into boxing is, along with my uncle Mario. Uh, so it was really hard. Uh, my grandfather basically raised me. He was uh, a really strong father figure in my, in, in my life. Um, but um, a huge boxing fan, man. And, it was great to see when um, the last, uh, uh, you know, when you go and you, you pay your respects and stuff and, and you know, see them off. Um, the obituary uh, uh, speech there that they did mention about his, um, you know, my grandfather was a huge boxing fan and uh, Billard's guy. My dad, my, you know, my dad was, uh, uh, you know, really good in playing pool. Um, his, his older brother, Mitil Rafael, was a, was a, a professional fighter. Uh, was really good in Mexico. Um, and, you know, my grandfather wanted any of his boys, he wanted, there was two things he wanted us to be, either be a baseball player or be a boxer. Um, you know, but I think we lived up to his expectations and stuff. Um, my, my my dad was, uh, he lived up to over 80, man. And um, it was his time to go. It was really hard to say goodbye to him. 
but I got a lot of great memories with my with my grandfather, who who I don't call grandpa. I, I call him my dad. Like I said, he was like my dad. He, he raised me since I was a, a little boy and stuff. So, anyways, uh, uh, miss you, love you, and never forget you, grandpa. Love you, Papa Poncho. So, anyways, uh, let's move on, man. Let's talk a little like talk uh, Anthony Joshua versus Big Baby Miller. Speaking of the heavyweights, what do you think oh, of that? Yeah, fight? let's talk about. You know what? I I, I got to tell you, I'm 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 the fence with it, man. Because you know, Baby Miller is a a big big figure when he's in that ring. I mean, he makes other he makes heavyweights look like cruiserweights. He's a big guy. His chest is just just like mounds out. Um, but my my. My initial thought off the bat when I'm hearing, when I heard that it got, it got, it, you know, it, it was signed, it was ready to be delivered, uh, was can this turn out to be a David Tua versus Lennox Lewis? And it could possibly can if, if Anthony Joshua can enter channel a Lennox Lewis jab. I'm not sure if he can do that because Joshua's still a very young heavyweight, um, still makes, tends to make mistakes. Uh, sometimes can sit in that pocket too long and sometimes gets in the ring and tries to prove himself. But one thing about the great amount of Stewart, man, the late great amount of Stewart, was that he really taught you how to be patient. He really taught his heavyweights how to have a game plan and stick to that game plan and, how, and really how to use their reach, their advantages, how to hide things from the ref. And those are things that, that Anthony Joshua is going to learn down the line. To me, it all depends, Gabriel, and I don't know what you think, but to me, it really depends on Anthony Joshua. Does he make it a difficult fight with Baby Miller, who's a very slow-footed guy, but if he traps you, he does let his hands go. I know everybody's concerned about his weight. Um, I'm not too concerned about his weight because he kind of boxes at his own pace. Anthony Joshua, to me, would have to keep him out in the distance and really make Miller work for a punch. And that's why I say it can turn into a David Tua versus Lennox Lewis. If you make him start reaching for punches, get him frustrated because he's kind of used to walking a guy down. He doesn't really cut the ring off. What he does is he, he allows you to throw his punches, and he uses his whole big figure body as a shield, right? And he just walks you back. And then when he feels like he's got you trapped, he goes to the body very well, Miller, and then he goes back to the head. He knows really how to paint you up and down. But I haven't really seen anybody kind of move, have the athleticism that Anthony Joshua has. I don't know how you see it, but I, I'm really thinking that it could end up semi-boring. Um, I, I, think, I think Joshua has a killer instinct, and he wants to put it on his opponent. You know, he will, he's kind of like Lewis in that, that he goes about it at his own pace. Um, but Lewis could be kind of passive, you know? Uh, well, I think Joshua, no, he's he really is. He's, he's got that aggressive streak. Uh, I, I just look at big baby Miller and, you know, he's 30 years old, um, six, four, 78 inch reach. Um, and, you know, he's, his record is 23 and 0, one draw, 20 knockouts. But, you know, Three fights ago, you know, he fought Tomas Adamek, you know, uh, and uh, Johan Duapas before that, you know, went the distance with him. I know. Like, you know, Marius Watt, yep. like Gerald Washington, you know, like, you know, uh, who we, 
what are we doing here? You know, like it, it, I just, I just kind of think like it's a little bit too soon for him. Like maybe it's just like he's as good as he's ever gonna be. But while the whole thing is like his weight, is he in shape? You know, can he, you know, uh, fight like this? Is this the most effective way? You know, wait for him. Uh, whereas Joshua, you know, you, you just compare the resumes and who he's been in with, and yeah, you know, Vlad was coming off of a loss. Um, and, you know, but against Tyson Fury, he was a, a really tough out. Um, and, you know, he comes back and, and they, they fight a, a great fight together. I thought, I thought the Takam fight was a respectable fight. Joseph Parker was a respectable uh, win. Um, and Povetkin, you know. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Brazil and, you know, Molina, you could say, are, are quality dudes. You know, Charles Martin, not so much. But Dillian White, that was a nice test. And so that's, that's all going back to, like, 2015. You know, I think Joshua, right. is, you know, he's not fully tested, but, like, he's about as battle-tested as you want, like a 29-year-old heavyweight champion, you know, uh, making a He's more tested defense. than Miller, though. Way more he's, tested. He's you know? way more tested. He knows who he is. Yeah. Right? So I just uh, – I think, like, be knockout. Um, I just think also just the styles make fights and that Miller is kind of wide in his shots. Um, and just, yeah, he's, he's the shorter guy, uh, less of a reach, and he doesn't have the straighter punches. That's Joshua. So uh, I think he's going to be an action fight. He doesn't have body movement either. No, he, no, no, he doesn't move his waist. Movement. just kind of barrel no, chest. No, not at all. You know? yep. And that's uh, what I said. He kind of uses his chest and his arms as a, as a shield. And, and if he's going to walk forward against – you know, Joshua, um, man, he's going to be eating a lot of leather. And it's not like Thomas Adamick punches. This is a, a really big athletic heavyweight that knows how to put his punches right behind him. It's an interesting fight. I, I, like I said, I, I think it's going to, to me, in my opinion, I think it's going to be semi-boring because it could be where he goes on the, the offense, Miller, where he just keeps his hands up and he just takes the beating because he can't really figure out how to get in the inside. Or... Anthony Joshua, like you said, he's got this mean streak where, I mean, he obviously, Miller's got it underneath his skin. You know, they've, they've traded some really, uh, some real, some real heated exchanges with each other. So there's a strong possibility, but he's, he's a professional. I don't know. I just can't see it. I, I kind of see him just kind of keeping his distance, dropping in that right hand. Uh, working in that uppercut because uh, Miller's going to be there all day for it because he has no upper body movement. <laughs> I, I'd like to see him uh, test his body too. Um, you know that that would be something that that you know, might be new in the in the game. So I think that he could be had to the body, Miller. You know, um, but I think it's going to be a good fight. You know, and it's I think it's the perfect fight to introduce uh, Joshua to the you know to the U.S. Uh, and kind of plant flag and say I'm here. I'm ready to rock, you know, let's, let's make a fight. Yeah, what are your well, thoughts well, on, uh, you know, Spence Garcia? I've been just looking at this picture at this latest press conference where they're like, like they're to not show how, uh, <laughs> with the size disparity between them. Uh, man, I just, I, I, I just can't think that I, I just don't see Mikey winning. You know, the thing with Mikey is, is I have a few conversations with a couple of fight fans uh, at work and stuff. And the one thing you cannot argue about is who 
Overall, who's the better fighter, boxer? You got to agree, Mikey Garcia. He does everything right. He, he, his, his movement is correct. His feet are always in place. Uh, he positions himself where he needs to be to counter, to get away from punches. On a perfect night, if the weight is correct and he carries it well, he could pull it off. I don't think it's absurd to believe that Mikey Garcia can win this fight. But the thing is, is that we're not going to really know much until that bell, that first bell rings. How well does he receive Errol Spence, whose resume is kind of weak? But regardless, he's the fresher guy, the young guy. He's the natural welterweight. He's a big welterweight. He's got power and he's got speed. And he's no slouch. This kid can box. Does he have Mikey Garcia resume? No. Can he? Does he have a lot of the fundamentals that Mikey, that everybody's kind of fallen in love with Mikey Garcia? Absolutely not. But to me, he's still a work in progress. With that work in progress being said, he's still the more natural, bigger, gifted, welterweight in there. And I'm curious how well Mikey Garcia is going to receive that punch and that added weight that's coming forward at him. Because sparring is completely different to getting in there with these smaller gloves and a guy that really is in there to not give you work, but to beat you out of work. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't know enough about Errol Spence to know. We know that Mikey Garcia is a very good boxer. Uh, it, it, it is just, uh, it's just, you know, all around. If it's got to go, to, if I got to pick somebody, to, you know, with a 12 round decision currently active, that, that might be the guy to pick, you know, like you said, he's just, always in the right position, knows what punches to let go. Um, you know, and he kind of uses his feet more than, than, than his head, but he, you know, uh, head movement and, and bending at the waist, but still like just a great, great boxer. But I think Errol Spence is no slouch in the technical boxing uh, department. Right. It's just that we haven't really seen him. You know, his biggest test is Kel Brook coming off a loss and coming back down in weight. Uh, Chris Algieri, you know, uh, just kind of blew right through him. Um, Lamont Peterson, not a welterweight. And then Carlos Ocampo, you know, Leonard Bundu. Uh, you know, it's like you, you trust your eyes and you go, yeah, this guy's, this guy's the bomb. But to be 29 years old and 24-0, and 21 knockouts, and then the Mikey Garcia, is, this is the big fight. Uh, it's kind of a trip, you know. Uh, I just think... I think we're going to find out about Errol, you know, that, that he is an excellent boxer. Uh, like you said, I think size matters. He's just a natural welterweight. And, you know, Mikey's been doing training up at snack at the, the, in San Carlos, Victor Conte's gym. Say, so, you know, it's kind of uh, like, uh, like Marquez said, it was like when he started working with Heredia, uh, this is the first time that he's done a workout other than just strict, you know, classic boxing stuff. Uh, hitting the bag, you know, or the various bags and doing the calisthenics, but now doing weight training and like deadlifts and that, that sort of thing, or Olympic powerlifting, you know, um, and sprint training and, and all that the hypoxic stuff that, that they do down there. Um, you know, you see his physique, he looks super ripped, super strong, um, but it's boxing, not bodybuilding. Uh, and size matters. There's weight classes for a reason. So, I mean, I think, you know, he got busted up a little bit with, with Sergey Lipinitz. Uh, and you kind of started to see Mikey Seal a little bit, I thought, in that in that fight. 
um, you know, Robert E. Jr. Well, fight. When, when Broner landed, right. And when Broner landed his right hand, you saw him take not one step, but two step back. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you, you, fighting a guy that's in his prime, uh, that knows how to let his hands go, and hasn't really, I mean, you know, people kind of criticized Spence or said that he might be losing that Brook fight. I thought he was very much in control. But maybe that's because I expected him to win, and I was just watching it that way. But uh, I didn't right. feel like that fight was anything but his for the taking. You know, you know, the thing with with Mikey, and, I, and I've seen those pictures too, and I've heard the arguments too. You know, he's getting bigger. He looks, you know, stronger. Um, about the about the the training that they're doing is not their traditional boxing. But here's the thing: is that muscle weighs more than fat or anything. Um, so I'm curious of, there's two things that can happen. When you have muscle, you can get fatigue a little quicker. When you have muscle, it can obviously restrict you from your speed and your leg work because it's heavier. You're carrying a little bit more weight. Um, there, there is a lot in, to come to play with this. When Bernard Hopkins and, and Roy Jones decide to make the jump to fight the bigger guys, they strategically made sure they picked the right opponents to step in the ring with. It wasn't like they said, hey, man, let me get the, the, the most youthful guy, the guy that most everybody's saying is going to be the future of the welterweight uh, division. They went after the weakest of the links of the division, you know, um, and they, their performance was phenomenal because they were going against subpar opponents. This is, to me, just completely different. Now, yeah, I've, I've, I've had arguments with other folks, especially my, my older brother, who's picking Mikey Garcia and doesn't respect anything that Errol Spence has done uh, by stating, like, dude, he can't box like Mikey Garcia. Mike, Mikey Garcia is just better in everything when it comes to, you know, boxing. I'm like, that's true. But at the same time, Mikey's putting on pounds, muscle. Not just gaining weight, he's putting muscle and that, to me, it has to be a red flag just for the moment until the bell rings. We're going to be able to see after. I, I got to see three rounds. I don't know about you, how many rounds you got to see, but I got to see three rounds and how he looks. Is he fluent? Um, does he look like he wants to change the, his style of boxing because he added weight and he feels like he has to be the, the, the pressure fighter? Or, or does he stay Mikey Garcia and, and the muscle doesn't affect his movement. It doesn't affect him getting, you know, uh, more fatigue. There's a lot of questions being raised. Errol Spence just has to come as Errol, Errol Spence on that fight night, you know, and, and, if, and if Errol Spence is getting out boxing, Errol Spence got to, you know, put the foot on the pedal and come up with another game plan uh, really quick in order to beat Mikey Garcia. But to me right now, the big question, Mike, is over Mikey Garcia. Well, there's another question mark, at least according to uh, his camp and, and to Victor. Um, just looking at their tweets, or at least Victor's tweets, they seem to think that, that Errol Spence was on PEDs. He's you know, pointing out... Uh, oh, I remember that, yeah. To, uh, yeah, you know, like pointing to his nipples and saying, you know, it's a, a mastichia or something like that. I'd have to look at the word. Um, but it, it uh, were men to kind of develop breasts... Uh, because of uh, drug use, and like uh, I think the estrogen goes up uh, because you're taking testosterone or, or the, those kind of substances. Uh, and and you got to admit those things are cut mirrors, all... though. You got to admit, you got to admit, Gabriel. <laughs> you know, those... so just everybody's wow. built a little different. But 
because of that, they ended up, you know, fighting over Vada. And uh, I'm just, yeah. you know, I live in San Francisco. We don't do body shaming. Uh, I don't do fat jokes. Uh, and I stay away from nipples. But, uh, you know, anyways. Um, but they got him into Vada. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if there's kind of a double confidence that they feel for sure that this guy was using. And, and, uh, and I'm not saying I do. I, I just, you know, I, I, all the, the stuff about the pictures and, and that. I just, you know, unless you've got some other intelligence you're, you're not letting people know about, I, I just, I don't think I, I'm not really using, into that. Yeah, I don't, I think, don't so think so either. Is using. I, you know what, you know what, uh, yeah, you could point out the nipples, but like you said, everybody's body's different, you know, and, uh, but I mean, yeah, just, those were some pretty big nipples and stuff, but, you know, there's just, I guess when you're performing at a, at a level and you're and, and you've got to admit, Errol Smith uh, Spence was uh, uh, taking out guys uh, with uh, you know. I mean, I don't know what 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 would what would prompt you to believe that he was on something only because of of a, a defect or not a defect, but of, of just his nipples, and that's the only thing you're going to go off of. Yeah, I thought it was kind of strange. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan. Because I didn't it. see and, anything. Right. I, I really didn't see anything where I could sit back and scratch my head. There's one fighter particularly that we would, like, talk about. A uh, guy would lose all the time. It was a Mexican fighter. He'd lose all the time, and then all of a sudden he was a power puncher, you know, and then, and then goes on Vada, and then he didn't look very, well, very good, you know. I mean, that's, that's alarming there. But Errol Spence, that, that wasn't. I, did, I didn't really catch on to why people were saying, oh, this guy's on something. He's on PDs. PDs is what's letting him win. Not really, man. If, you look at, like, if we go back again, you can't have that argument either. Either he's on PDs or, or his, opposites, his resume is weak. Which one is it? Well, and it's, you know, well, it was kind of, that was always the question with Manny Pacquiao, too, you know. Uh, it's just good matchmaking. He got the guys at the right time, and he was on PDs, you know. It's kind of like, all right, whatever. But, you know, with uh, <laughs> right. But also, it's it's only fair to point out that you know it's it's their gym that that has a you know the the Garcia gym that had the positive with uh, Brandon Rios versus Pacquiao, you know. Um, so uh, you know, but but to be fair, I don't think Mikey right. was the one pointing the finger. It seemed like Victor was, and you know, uh, I, I won't say the guy doesn't have a great intelligence network because he, he seems to. Uh, but yeah, it seemed a little bit much. But th- to me, that's the question: Are they doubly confident? You know, how and how confident are they, are they that they got a guy on Vada and got him out of his program? You know, it takes long- or, or is Victor laying the ground they, saying they, that it if wasn't it, like they did three. They're going to do like eleven weeks, something like that, of it, but it, it didn't start till like January. My question is: You think Victor may be laying the ground already, saying that if his guy loses, it's because of you know? The other guy might have been on something, and we didn't catch him soon enough to get on the cycle before we, you know, before we catch him soon enough before he got off the cycle. I don't know. Well, you know, to me, to that, I would probably counter both are represented by Al Heyman, um, who's not a fan of Vada testing, by the way. And I'm not sure how much, you know, USADA's testing is is being done anymore. Um, But also, you know, your guy is the one moving up in weight. And has positive in his gym. Um, and did, wasn't Fernando Vargas with uh, the senior Garcia yep. when he tested positive? So like, Garcia, right. you know, it's just kind of like, just get your guy in Vada <laughs> and see if yeah. they can get the other guy in Vada and let's all relax. Um, you know, be like Canelo. You know, 
Madonna, you wanted to talk about Madonna. I know we've been we've been talking a lot. We've been getting calls and they've been dropping off because I think folks have been kind of getting restless. They want to they, they want to talk to us. They haven't talked to us in about a year, like I said here on Leaving the Ring. Let's so we're going to talk uh, about Madonna. Then we're going to start opening up the phone lines right after. We want to get them on now. Talk about Madonna. Yeah, we can talk about. Yeah, Madonna. let's get one caller on. Yeah, let's let's, let's bring on one caller. I want to hear what people think about the top ranked zone, ESPN Plus, or Tyson Fury. Uh, their thoughts about Spencer Garcia. The whole works here, man. Patch him through. Five one zero, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hey Gabe, hey Dave, how doing over here in Richmond? How you guys doing? What's up, man? Good, brother. How you been, man? Good, man. Welcome back. You guys, I'm glad to hear you guys, man. Listening to you guys, it's been awesome. Um, you didn't get uh, swept away mic. by the rains over there in Richmond? No, no, dude, no, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. We need the water, man. We'll be all right. Get yeah, no more fires, dude. The fires are horrible, man. That's you know, the more water, yeah. the better. You know, yeah, my uh, parents lived up uh, in Chico, and they went through that last big fire up there. So, yeah. So, anyway, I was up in Sacktown uh, today. I was up in Sacktown, and they started raining coming on back home and stuff. But no, you're right, man. We need the water down here. Yeah, dude, just you know, keep everybody safe, man. I have a I have a fire season like we did this last year. You know, um, following up on the Mike Garcia uh, Errol Spence fight, I kind of you know ever since I heard the fight, I wasn't a big fan of it, man. And to be honest, I think Mikey. Ever since he left the uh, top rank, he's kind of mismanaged his whole career, to be honest, I think, you know. Like, taking that, that extended absence he took like, for two years, you know. And then, and and after the Lipnitz fight, instead of, like, staying at 140 or even moving back to 135, now he wants to fight, fight a killer at 147, you know. And I kind of think he, he's already kind of figured out he's bit, out more, bit off more than he could chew by kind of trying to pack on the muscle, you know. He was fine without it, you know. He was a good fighter without it, you know. And now, now he feels like he needs the muscle for some reason. You know, so I think those are all just bad signs all the way around for him. You know, I'll I'll, I'll be pulling for him. You know, I'll, night of the fight, I'm watch it. You know, I'll be pulling for him. But honestly, I, I see another Kell Brook uh, Triple G fight, man. Where uh, you know, Kell Brook was outboxing Triple G, but Triple G was a too much a too much of a puncher for him, too, uh, way bigger of a man. You know, and Kel, and uh, Errol Spence, he's almost like a, he's almost making middleweight right now. You know, so I you just know, think I, he's in for a rude awakening. Two, yeah, two years ago. Two years ago, when I was doing uh, the show with uh, My Little Pony, Felipe Leon, I had said when they had announced, remember when they were mentioning him getting in the ring with uh, Adrian Broner at, at what, one, the, it, was, it, was, it was at a catch weight, right, if I remember correctly? Originally, it was supposed to be at 147, or was it at 147? I can't remember, right? And I, I was saying, because I couldn't really understand that, that move, and I was like, if he's doing that, Rather than chasing down like Lomachenko or Jorge Linares, something like that, to me, I was figuring he was going for a money grab, trying to grab as much money as he could before he walks away again from the sport. And I'm not sure if he still is. I I think truly I believe him when he says he's trying to make greatness. Uh, But I think you're right. You know, he understands that he – could have, might have been on a bit, a little bit more than he could chew. So he's doing everything he can to just kind of make sure that he's successful at it, you know. Um, but, you know, here's the one thing that, that you can say on his side, because I've said this. When guys are trying to pack on weight and guys are trying to either lose weight, they focus on their, 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 their weight training or their training and losing weight. They don't practice on their craft. 
Mikey's in a different position, in my opinion, where he could really kind of focus on that weight training because he's so fundamentally sound. He's a very gifted. I mean, he's very calm in the ring. That's that's very difficult to master, to be so calm and collective in the ring and to kind of see things that are happening in front of you and be able to adjust to it. Mikey has a knack for it, you know. Um, you know, there's always that one person. If you if you have a long line of, of family members that were either fighters or, or tradesmen or whatever, you always got that one brother or cousin that was just born to do that. And Mikey Garcia, in my opinion, out of his whole, you know, uh, Garcia family, he was born to be a fighter. So I can understand and, 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 and just kind of be like, okay, he's, practice, he's, he's concentrating on building that weight, which would probably be a good thing. But I, I go back again. Muscle is heavier. Muscle can also um, can make you fatigue quicker, and it also will make you rest- – it would actually restrict you from doing things that you were naturally able to do because you had mu- an, you know, an ebb and flow to your body. You're changing all of that. So does Mikey go in with the same type of game plan he's done in the past, or, do, or does this added weight and, and muscle, does that change him where he kind of has to be a little worried because he knows, well, I can't do those same things. So I got to be a different fighter. That's where I'm. That's where my mind is going. Is is he coming in, the Mikey Garcia, of a hundred and you know thirty, hundred and thirty-five, or is he coming in, a Mikey Garcia that we haven't seen yet? Because we all know when you start testing the waters with something new, it really doesn't pan out for you. It doesn't work out, and that's why I brought up like Roy Jones and, and Bernard Hopkins when they moved up, they moved up with the the weaker link of the division. Garcia's really not doing that here. It's a ballsy move. And, and what does this fight accomplish? That's another thing, too, right? Like, jumping up in the weight, two weight classes, kind of like uh, Mosley did for uh, De La Hoya and Pacquiao did for De La Hoya, too, right? But they were moving up for a bigger payday and for more fame. How does a 300000 right. to 400000 pay-per-view accomplish that for Mikey, right? Say he wins the fight. It's a miracle. Big deal, right? How many people actually even watched the fight or even cared, Right? like Errol Spence is some big superstar yet. He has all the talent. He has the charisma. But he's not a superstar yet. You know, his resume isn't to where he should be able to uh, pick somebody else up, right? You know? So I just feel like Mike, man, this whole time, man, he's just been like hot and horny trying to get all the stuff done with him and then retire, you know? Because in reality, this is sure. probably I'm the biggest sure. fight. Hmm? I'm not sure about that, though. You know, I mean, if he accomplishes this, he wins this. He's obviously – it's going to be all over the place. It's a big accomplishment. He jumped up. He faced one of the, the, the best in the division, in the welterweight division. To me, I think it leads on to what I was saying before. It's a money grab thing because he can get a Manny Pacquiao fight. He's got the leverage now, you know, to get a really a big, you know, big payday to fight Manny Pacquiao. Or Floyd Mayweather – come on, I mean, this guy's really not retired – could it could it really make make uh, Floyd be intrigued of of coming out of retirement to face a Mikey Garcia? That's a big fight for a Cinco de Mayo or or September in Mexican Independence Day. So I, I think I think what Mikey's looking for is go for the hardest test. If I can hurdle o- over that, then it's all downhill from here. I'm now in the driver's seat and I can pick and choose whatever I want and get a big payday because I would be the talk of the world. So I, 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 I could see where he's going with it. But as I've said it before, 
to me, this is the Godzilla challenge of all Godzillas. He's facing a a young, talented, dangerous <laughs> welterweight here, and it's a big task. It's a very big task. As intelligent as Mikey Garcia is, this might have been the stupidest move in his career, <laughs> unfortunately. Or it might be. I mean, look what happened to Kel Look what happened to Kel Brook. You know, he, yeah. he had his eye busted forever, man. Ruined his, destroyed his career. Yeah. You know, Kel Brook was a top welterweight. Decided to jump up to try to take on Triple G, and that was the end of his career. You know, never been the same. You know, yeah, never and, been the same. I yeah, mean, and I've said that too. You got, you got to respect you know, Mikey, I've man. Said, like he's got the webbles, man. Oh, you yeah, can't. he 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 the 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 of the, of one forty seven, and really done some things. Kell Brook and and they sold himself out for that one fight and then yeah, then get the mandatory with, with Spence breaks his other eye bone uh, and yeah he doesn't you know he didn't look as terrible as Twitter said but he not great in that fight you know and now he's kind of damaged goods a little bit um, I, I'm, I'm curious about this fight I, I just don't think you know I, I don't see how uh the victory I, and I see like Mikey getting bloodied and, and kind of he doesn't have the best head movement he has great foot movement and maybe his legs are going to be super strong doing all the, the band training and the sprint training that he's doing with Victor um, and they're trying to you know make him explosive and you know maybe he doesn't come in fully at 47 you know maybe he's in the mid 40s and kind of like a Pacquiao he's just going to be at his optimum but uh, it didn't seem like you know like he, he, you know, is super like, you know, his, his power punch is there. You know, it's going to be there at 140 or it's, it's going to be there at 47. Uh, you know, even at 35, he's not super explosive as a puncher. I mean, he knocked out the uh, Tikkanen, uh, but uh, I almost think that was a little more of an anomaly. Um, you know, when you look at the Libanets fight went the distance, the Robert Easter Jr. fight went the distance. Um, what says that he's going to knock out Errol Spence? You know, probably nothing. So now he's going to withstand those kind of hard punches from a southpaw uh, power puncher who's a natural 47, who's probably, you know, ready to move 47 or 54 at some point, uh, being 29 years old. I just, I'm not sure what his path to victory is. Like Errol Spence not being as good as we thought, you know, and the last two guys that jumped up and weight like that were ultra quick, man. Manny and uh, Sugar Shane. They were ultra quick fighters, man. Hard to hit. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, yeah. Mikey's plotting or anything like that, but he he's there to be hit. You know, he's not he's not gonna yep. miss, you know he'll make a miss here and there, but he's not, he's not as quick as uh, Pacquiao or Mosley were. You know, it's just a, it's a big and difference. Like man. Floyd is is both quick and technically sound. You know, and a yeah. super uh, ring IQ, and he picks his opponents, but. Uh, you know, I mean, you got to respect Mikey, though. I'm not mad at the fight. I love what, you know, a guy trying to be great, you can't argue with it. You know, and then he, and he goes and has the camp of his life uh, to try to make that happen. I mean, it's, I can't wait, you know, uh, for March 16th. Uh, I'm not busy that night either, so I'm pretty stoked. It's like, after that, I go and... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty week, excited so. about the fight, It's going to be rough seeing yeah. fights. Yeah, I'm hyped to yeah. see it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, there's a lot of curiosity around it. Um, but let's, you know, put this as no as well. Uh, Mikey's corner, dating back with his father and with his brother, they're not the quickest two to save their fighters. Fernando Vargas is, you know, 
took too much of a beating with Tito Trinidad. Uh, Brandon Rios has took too much beatings in, in, in his prime. Um, so that's another thing that I'm going to be looking for is that if Mikey Garcia is out-muscled, out-gunned, and is taking a large amount of punishment, is his corner going to be merciful to jump in and stop this fight so this kid can have a further career? Because like you said, bro, uh, you know, this Fernando, this could be, this could, this could really end him short, you know? I respect Mikey. He's got, you know, big levels, you know, respect, nothing but respect, right? But I just feel like this is the kind of fight that could ruin somebody, man. It'd be a real big shame because he's actually one of the more uh, talented Mexican fighters we've had in a while, you know? And uh, right. I really would have rather have seen him fight against uh, Lomachenko, you know? That would have been like a super fight for me. Right? That's this the fight, fight I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. This fight, this fight feels like almost feels like Errol Spence is taking advantage of the situation, man. Like he's avoiding everybody, saying no to everybody except for Mikey. Why? Why? Because he thinks he has a big advantage. You know, he's blowing up Ter- yeah. Terrence Crawford, he's blowing him off. All the other welterweights that in the PBC, his homies with them. He pretends that he's their friends and stuff, so he doesn't have to fight them. But Mikey, hell yeah, let's do it. Why? Because he knows he has a big advantage, man. You know, it's like a, it's like a street fight, man. This guy won't step up until he has every advantage. That's not cool, you know? I mean, Mikey signed up for it. Mikey, it was his idea. But at the same time, man, Errol Spence is taking advantage of the situation, man. That's all I feel. I'm not, as a fan, I'm not really happy with this, man. Uh, Errol Spence should be fighting Terrence Crawford, and uh, Mikey should be fighting uh, Lomachenko. That, that, those are legitimate fights. This this is kind of like a freak show. I'm a little bit worried yeah. about it. I, I'm going to watch it, but I'm more curious and nervous than excited to watch this fight. You know, hmm. so what too. You know what? What did you know when you had asked about Mikey Garcia? What does it do for him? But in in really, what does it do for Errol Spence if he gets this win over Mikey Garcia? I mean, the the talk is going to be, well, you beat a smaller, you know, great fighter. That that you know, what does that put on his resume? Is it does it get Errol Spence the respect that he's looking for in boxing, or does he stay? stay in that stale moment where everybody's like, well, you know, you still, your resume is not that good. You need to fight somebody in your division. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since Al's got so many good fighters there, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. Now he's got Manny Pacquiao. Um, they're, you know, but I think after this fight, after Spence wins, um, the best is yet to come. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think Crawford's going to crack that universe. Um, there's just no reason for it to happen yet. No. Yeah. Besides that being, you know, and I, I think Spence and Thurman have business. Uh, we might see Pacquiao Thurman next for, for both those guys. Cause they hold the same belt. It's the most makeable fight. Um, that's a big fight. Then you know maybe well, that, well, I, fight after I think Khan's going to win that fight too though. So I, I think Khan's going to win that fight. So what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure you're listening. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. No, I agree with you though. <laughs> you're I have, like, a, I have a question. Go ahead, man. Huh. Question: What are you guys' thoughts on Usyk moving up to heavyweight? Speaking of guys moving up in weight. What else is he going to do, I guess, you know? Yeah. Are you guys excited for it? Are you excited to see Usyk as a heavyweight? Yeah, I am. Yeah, me, yeah. Yeah, I am. I think he's he's technically more sound than most of the heavyweights that we have there right now. I mean, he has the height. Um, 
But I think, though, that we, we can't – we really can't commentate on much of it until we see him get in there, you know, and see what he can do. But I think he definitely well, definitely makes the heavyweight division very interesting. Well, I, well, I think it's interesting, right? Like a lot of people have him like top three pound for pound, right? And then they look at Deontay and they kind of clown Deontay. He doesn't have a, a technical skills, right? So, you know, the pound for pound is mythical, right? But in reality, what would happen mm-hmm. if they actually fought each other, man? I'd favor Deontay, you know? And they're the same yeah. size. They're basically the exact same size as each other. You know? Yeah, I mean, he's six so. three. You know, seventy eight inch reach versus Deontay Wilder is like six seven. Um, Both you know, I mean, may- twenty. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he. Uh, yeah, he's, he becomes a two fifteen or something like that. You know, I mean, is that he's gonna be outweighed by like twenty pounds? Well, Deontay actually weighs in pretty light these days. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know, maybe he's. Maybe it'd be all right. You know, I don't know. I I, I want to see him though. You know, I think he's he's got he's really smart in there. I, I was I was that weird guy that liked Chris Bird. So I I don't mind like kind of a defensive, moving heavyweight, you know, out, out uh, winning larger guys. That that to me is a great challenge. And and the, the heavyweights traditionally were much smaller. You know, 185 pounders like Joe Lewis and, and Rocky Marciano. Right. So, um, a guy kind of trying to bring it back. You know evolution-wise, uh, is kind of interesting to me, you know? So, yeah, I, I'll watch. I like Usyk. I like the way he fights. I like the personality. I think, too, that, got like I said, charisma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, too, too like, like I said, you have to, to kind of gauge where he's at. We got to see his first fight, you know? Um, because going to heavyweight, it's, there is a, tra- a different training method, you know? Um, it, you talk about Mikey Garcia, you know, weight training. Usyk will have to do that too to kind of stay, be able to cush some of those punches from the heavyweights. You know, um, I don't know if he would do a whole lot because his movement and his and his IQ is what really wins a lot of those fights. But it makes it interesting because he's going to be fighting very big, bigger, you know, much bigger guys. But I think that they're smart enough to kind of move them slowly um, into the heavyweight division to see how well he does. I would have loved to have heard him like getting in with like Andre Ward if Ward was oh, yeah. trying to make a comeback, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, even even like uh, even um, uh, Kovala uh, and Alvarez and them, you know, if they decided to move up to cruiserweight, it would have made some interesting fights. But you know, Usyk's looking for more money. You know, he's trying to you know bank on his name right now because he's become such a uh, a high demand. So you can't blame him from going up to the heavyweight division. But like I said before, he, I think he makes it very interesting. I don't think he's going to have much problems, to tell you the truth. I, I'm with you on that, Gabriel. I was one of those weird guys, too, that like like Bird, you know. Um, and uh, well, one thing that Bird brought to the table is he didn't have a chin. He could take a hit, you know, and he could mix it up when he needed to mix it up, when he get in that pocket. I mean, let's not forget, he, he, he stayed in there with Vitelli Kalisko, one of the hardest heavyweight punters, the most vicious heavyweight punch, punchers of the 90s, you know, of the late 90s. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested with Usyk, big time. Yeah, Bird, Bird ruined his uh, career by moving down the weight. Remember that? He tried to back down to cruiserweight and got knocked out, and that was basically his last fight. Yeah. So that was like a, the opposite of what Mikey did. 
But, uh, yeah, I think who's supposed to fight the guy that uh, Joshua knocked out last year? The Russian guy, the one who got busted for the PDs? That's what they're saying, that he might end up fighting that guy that's in what Chicago. I, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. But I'm not sure if it's it's if it's a done deal. I, I, you know, because I've also heard, too, that they're still looking for maybe another opponent. You know, it, I think it's still one of those things that they're trying to – they're not honing down on it because there can still be other opportunities at the cruiserweight division, you know. So I guess we just got to wait for it, you know. Bob Foster did it way back in the day. Went up to heavyweight and back down a couple times, you know. So it could be done, you know. Just try it out. See what it could be done, but it's uh, different era, different different sizes. Heavyweights are different yeah. now, you know. Uh, like Gable mentioned, you know, back in the day, heavyweights were on 185 to 195. Uh, you know, and, and they weren't that tall, you know. I mean, you had a Primo, what is it, Primo Canavera, uh, who was was kind Canera. of a freak of nature. Canero, yeah, it was a freak of nature at, those, at that time, you know. But, um, but, I mean, even middleweights were able to jump up to, to a heavyweight division back in the 20s and 30s. So, you know, that tells you how much we've kind of leaped in size, you know, in this in this time. So, it's a little hard. In my opinion, it's a little bit more difficult to go up and down. Well, thank you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it, man. I'll be listening to you guys every time you guys come on the show again. I appreciate it. And welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you, appreciate brother. It. appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know what's weird? If I, if I do want to call, man. What's that, bro? I was just looking up at uh, Upcoming fights and, you know, Danny Garcia versus Adrian Granados. Box record says he's suspended by the New York State Athletic Commission indefinitely. What? Yeah. It's kind of weird. I'll have to look into that. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what was the other Chino thing Madonna. we wanted to talk about? Yeah. Chino big, Madonna. Big news. Marcos Chino Madonna needs to decide to come back. Out of retirement. How many years has that guy been gone? Five years, right? He's had a longer retirement yeah, than we did. Yeah, he's 36 years old. Uh, he's been out five years. Is that it? Let me look up his record. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, he's coming back. He's coming back as a as a heavyweight. I mean, I'm sorry, as a welterweight. He's currently a heavyweight. <laughs> uh, if you see the right. uh, pictures of him in the gym. He's 35 and 5, uh, 31 knockouts. Um you know, and and uh, only been—he's never been stopped. Marcos Maidana, five seven, sixty-nine inch. Yeah, he last fought he's September twenty fourteen. Yeah, he's been he's, dropped, uh, but he's never been stopped. You know, he's now, dropped, you know, no. and Chino man, he—he's a very interesting fighter. I mean, that guy's a—he's a fighter. You know, I think that's why we all fell in love with him, man. He came out there. I mean, what, what he did to Adrian Broner is really was the icing on the cake of his career. Um, you know, he was the first guy to give Adrian Broner his loss, drop Adrian Broner, then went off and gave Floyd Mayweather all he could handle. Second, the rematch wasn't that much. Uh, Floyd kind of figured out that puzzle, trying to say that, oh, I try to give you guys that, you know, that kind of an action fight bullshit. Uh, Chino went out there and fought his ass off. Now decides to come back out of retirement and talking about sign with PBC. He's with PBC, which has the majority of welterweight fighters in the division. They're saying a summer uh, comeback, right? Summertime is going to come back in the summer where it's nice and hot. And uh, I believe he's in L.A. right now training. He's out there training. 
So some names have been thrown out there. You know, come back with maybe the winner of Amir Khan and, and Crawford. Well, not Crawford, but Amir Khan. You know, if uh, if Amir wants that to get in the mix, I'm not. I don't know why I'm not very intrigued with that. I know that Amir's one of the guys that beat him, but if he gets starched by Crawford, it just doesn't make the storyline is going to be like, oh, he's going to you know wants to rematch with the guy that beat him. But it, I don't know. I don't think fight fans are going to be too much too much into that. They're saying Manny Pacquiao, maybe. You know, I'm not sure if I want to see that right away either. Don't you want to see him come back in and kind of shake off the ring rust? After five years, you got to figure the ring rust is pretty thick on the guy's shoulders there. You know, the one guy that I was thinking, Gabe, when I told you this earlier, man, was uh, Omar Figueroa, who had just recently fought John Molina in a very tough fight. The gladiator went out there and he put on a show. You know, a lot of guys that wrote him off. I mean, John Molina's legs are not there. He doesn't, you know, he, he after he throws a punch, he kind of stays there. But you want to talk about true grit. John Molina got it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I like, I like John Molina. I can watch John Molina fight any weekend. You know, and I think John Molina, either whether he's out gun, out class, or whatever, he always comes to fight. Yeah, he's an honest there's, fighter. There's no riddle about the kid. Right, yeah, there's no riddle about the guy. So you imagine Omar Figueroa, who... I believe didn't even make weight to fight John Molina, okay, but doesn't, I mean, he's a part-time fighter, Omar Figueroa, but he does, uh, got a nice right hand, he could take a hell of a shot, because John Molina was landing some pretty good clean shots on him, just, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think John Molina has a snap behind those punches like he used to, I think if he did, if we, if he would have well, fought dude, John Molina maybe two, in like, three years, he hadn't fought right. two years, both of them, have been off, right. I think, for two years, and you know, uh, it just—it was like the their annual. Yeah, this time they've both been off for two years, and so of course he's not going to look as good. It must get paid really well in the PBC to not need to fight that often. <laughs> Getting paid better than us, I tell you that right now. You know, I wish I could have that kind of money when I have to work. You know, for <laughs> for two years. But, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, no, it was a great, think, it was a great fight. I think out of the two, I think that Chino Madonna would be. I think that for a comeback fight, Omar Figueroa. I, I think that's a good fight because he's the winner. You know, John Molina, it wasn't the winner. There were some people that did argue that he, you know, they didn't look good, and and you know he uh, needs to retire. Um, I think so too. You know, I think that if if Omar Figueroa had fought John Molina. The John Molina that beat uh, Lucas Matisse would have been a different story, but that never happened. So we ended up with that performance on that night, which was the best swan song for John Molina, in my opinion. Really humble kid, too, man. I don't know if you saw what he read on what he had put down on Facebook, man. Just thanking all the fans. There was no complaint on his end. Even when they announced Omar Figueroa had got the upper hand, and the scorecard, the scorecard was just horrendous. You, I mean, John Molina could have had a, I mean, he actually had the right to bitch about the scorecards, Gabriel, but he didn't. Just took it and was grace, very graceful about it. And uh, I thanked all the fans, said, hey, I'm sorry I didn't get the win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the payback for me would be Chino Madonna gets in with Omar Figueroa. It's a great, it's a great test, and definitely Omar can 
you know, draw up a recipe of upset if he can take the punches of of Chino, you know, because we don't know. Five years off, I mean, five years off and partying like a rock star, looking like uh, Biggie Smalls in a in a in a Brooklyn video, can soften up a cat a little bit, don't you think? Yo, on mute again, Gabriel. He's going to be competing <laughs> to see uh, who's got the bigger comeback, him or Tyson Fury, because he lost the most weight. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, look at these guys. Some of the, the, there's a picture that I put on this uh, on this episode. People can know that it's part of the uh, the picture collage episode. Man, Donna is uh, pretty fat, man. Uh, I'm curious to see what what he's going to do to come back. Like what what's going to be his uh, you know who's who's training him, who's uh, conditioning him? Because uh, good lord, he's going to have a lot of weight to lose. But yeah, those guys could be good. You know, Molina and uh, Omar Figueroa, I think, are solid choices. Adrian Brunner is uh, you know immediately marketable. It might be more than than Maidana wants to bite off. Maybe not. You know, maybe think of Brunner is uh, much of a problem. <laughs> That's another name they were mentioning, you know, Adrian Broner. I don't, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I think I'm Broner out. You know, I'm all Broner out already. I, I don't want to see him anymore. To tell you the truth, you know, it's the same story. It gets old. It gets boring. This, it's like a Friday the Thirteenth series. You know, you already know what's going to happen. You can't kill Jason. He's not, you know, he's not going to give up. He's always going to think he has the upper hand. He's winning. I just don't want to see him anymore. I think that Broner's days are up and done. Um, what do you? Um, what do you think? I mean, who, who do you? Would you want to see Chino Madonna against Adrian Broner? Yeah. Why not? You know, it's really. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, why not? You know, as a, as a comeback fight, it's a loser leaves town kind of a situation. If Maidana can't beat a guy that, that doesn't look that good anymore, um, you know, uh, I mean, maybe it's a little bit too soon, you know, because Broner's still in rhythm. As bad as I thought he looked against Pacquiao, um, it might still be too much for where Maidana's at. I mean, the dude is seriously fat. Uh, he's been out for five years, and he's 36. And <laughs> it wasn't like... You know, like don't body shame, bro. Not, don't body shame. <laughs> just, I'm like athlete shaming right now because he's like he's in poor shape. You know, he's well unless you're trying to be round, then he's in perfect shape. Right. Um. So you know, yeah, it's uh. Is he we'll in see. baby Miller yeah. shape? You think? Is he baby Miller shape or uh, um Stavern shape? Let me ask you that. Right, well, the, the picture I saw, he was in, like, worse than Stavern shape. Oh, no. Found, but for now, wow. current, that is, you know? I haven't seen him in, in yeah, it's just, well, I mean, maybe Berman, he was kind of a mean, like how fat he was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we put it up on Twitter if you guys want to vote on the on the post here from Gabriel Matilda's account. Uh, Omar Figueroa, John Molino, or Adrian Broner. We should have put... Uh, Berman Stavern up there as well as a comeback opponent since, uh, you know, Stavern's not really taking boxing serious. See the way he looked this Saturday night going against uh, uh, Joey, uh, was it Joey Joyce? Joe Joyce, yeah. I mean, Joe Joyce, yeah. Did you, I mean, did you see that? Jesus. 
I mean, he was slow, just lumbering, flooding, and Severn looked pretty crappy too. But I thought, uh, yeah, he looked like he weighed. He just looked terrible. Like at the weigh-in, you're just like, did that guy train? And the look in his face, you know, it just there's no, there's no sense. It, it of, looked like we had anything. two. Yeah, it looked like we did. Let me tell you, did it, did it look like we had two out of shape heavyweights? fighting each other that night because Joyce didn't look that good. I mean, he looked his, there was like literally nothing behind those punches. He was throwing a lot of shots, but I didn't hear anything like really thumping from him. You know? Uh, I mean, he had a guy that was in front of him. They had no movement. I, I almost felt like the speed on my internet was really slow. Yeah, Joyce, I mean, like somebody asked me last week, I, I still do this interview up uh, with a Washington radio station. And, and uh, like, what do you think of him? I'm just like, not much. You know, he seems kind of slow, kind of ordinary. He's 33 years old, so like, is he going to get better? Like, probably not. Mm. You know, um, and just be, he might get more experience, but uh, I mean, he was getting hit with stuff by, like, you know, you should be safety first in the beginning and know that that's the most dangerous Severn's going to be is probably early on rights that are like wild and looping like what's going on right. like what's wrong with you you know um, yeah I just thought I didn't think much of Joyce and I thought Stavern <laughs> was in there taking a beating that was just like unnecessary it was kind of depressing you know Stavern needs to retire man I mean you know um, you talk about the sport how bad it is in terms of uh, the leeches and mooches and snakes that circle the sport, you know, um, I, I see certain people that get just literally broken down, like, you know, Vons Matarosian, you know, tweeting about Don King and his bad deal with him. Stavern was in that same boat, won the title uh, against Chris Orella, and then was shelved that he literally had to sue Don King to get a, another fight for a title defense. And it almost seems like the guy never recovered from that, Gable, right? It, it just looked like boxing, not the opponents beat him, but the sport itself beat this guy that he never recovered mentally, doesn't really train, basically just kind of comes out and says, okay, I'll take the fight. Um, desperation is the worst thing. I think what Matarosian, we saw him jump around so much, you know, from top rank, golden boy, Goose and Tudor, now with Don King, is that, oh, in PVC, he was with Al Heyman, then he goes with Don King. Uh, it was like desperation. What was going on? We talk about Al Heyman fighters getting paid, but what leads a man to go and shake the hand with Don King, knowing his history? Yeah, I don't understand why he did that. When I saw, like, you know, I think I saw Von us around that time and he mentioned it that, that, you know, he was going to be, you know, he'd had a plan. He was going to sign with Don King and then he announced it and it was like, he seemed excited about it. I was just thinking like, Don doesn't Why? get anybody fights anymore. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like that it's, it's the kingdom has fallen. And, and uh, what are you doing? You know, you're, I know obviously you're getting money and you're probably getting cash money, you know, that you think, you know, maybe you don't, you know, I don't know, but, 
it's just where careers go to die anymore. And now we see, but here's also the other thing is that like, you know, this sport in terms of its media is it, just filled with fans. Like people that just love sport, care about it. They love the fighters. They celebrate dudes that, that will take beatings, you know, um, late in their career, like the Soto Cross, Brandon Rio, or uh, the Umberto Soto, Brandon Rios fight. Uh, people love that, but they don't, these same people don't care enough about a guy like Vonis and like a vulture like Doc King has come to do anything about it, to like illuminate us on the story. You know, like I don't write for a publication anymore, so it's not on me to go do that anymore. Uh, but I was kind of disappointed that nobody really picked up the story, wrote about it, asked Don King about it, made somebody accountable for it. That, you know, this guy that he's collecting fighters and not getting them fights and they're just, they're dying on the vine, you know, uh, what is the real deal? Why is it happening? How is it happening? Why is it continuing to happen? Uh, it kind of bothered me seeing that. It goes back. You know? Well, it goes back to like what I was saying is that boxing is, is one of those sports that can swallow you whole, you know, where journalism and boxing has really kind of um, fit, slowly has been fizzling out, you know, uh, because of, the, the, the characters in in the business, you know, it, it can really just beat you down to a point. Some people, you know, I I I, I talk to some folks uh, sometimes on 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 Facebook or on Twitter or on D, you know direct message or they email me. You know, some guys ask me like, hey, how come you're not covering anymore? Why don't you go and do this? And I just tell them I don't have the desire, you know, really don't. And uh, you know, my long layoffs have been. Um, well, one is life. You know, I have a lot of things going on, and, and now I'm finally settling. Um, but the, the other one was because, you know, when, when you do investigation, which we've done, we've done some very deep investigation pieces, and here on the show, you and writing, um, people don't get that. You, you kind of create enemies, and not enemies in a way where, like, hey, then, you know, there's that guy jump up, but... Enemies in the way of they, they they label you as the bad guy, even though you were doing the right thing. And it's really weird in this sport because the bad guys are more protected in the sport of boxing than anywhere else that I've ever encountered. You could be a really crappy person and fans and media and, and the guys in the suits, for some reason, will favor that person and protect them. Rather than letting the light be shine on them. If you don't believe me, hey man, Alex Ariza's back in the sport. You got an Angel Heredia. You got a lot of guys in this sport that don't belong in this sport. They have, that really have given boxing a black eye. There are a lot of you know guys on on that are in the media row, don't belong in the media row. They're not there for the sports interest. They're there for personal interest, and that's what's been a really big problem with boxing. So when I see I see some people like I saw. I uh, forgot her name, uh, putting that there's no loyalty in boxing. Uh, oh, I'll give you a prime example. That girl um, that's on PBC is a commentator. She's, you know, really gloating, and she's, like, happy because she's commentating. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jordan Hardy, I believe her name is. She was uh, she was uh, uh, criticizing the fans of complaining about certain fights. And she has said, I think she said she was been just part of the sport for, like, what, three, four years maybe? 
uh, I might be even giving be adding a year or two to her resume of the sport. But she was an intern at PBC and then got the opportunity. But she was like defending this, you know, these these really crappy fights that are happening, um, saying that we're you know fight fans are 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 not grateful. Yeah, I agree to an extent that fight fans are not always grateful. But you know what? Be be involved long enough in the sport, and then you'll kind of understand why some fight fans are disgruntled. You know, I mean, I'm a paying customer. You're a paying customer. People that tune in to listen to Lee Ring are paying customers. I'm allowed to complain about my service. Am I not? If you, if I order a steak and I ask for well done, I mean, a medium rare, and you bring it well done, I'm allowed to say, excuse me, um, this is not what I wanted. I'm not paying $10 for an app to get a bunch of overcooked fights or or two premature fights that, that they're not ready to entertain me. They're not going to give me the value of money that I'm putting into this, right? So that's my little rant there, Gabriel. <laughs> Anyways, man. That's uh, funny. Uh, well, did, just, <laughs> it was interesting. You mentioned Alex Ariza, and I, uh, I was like, you know, oh, that's right. He's back on Twitter now. Um, and I That's went to right. his Twitter page. You told uh, me. Yep. <laughs> just just now I went to his Twitter page, and you know the uh-huh. banner, like his big picture on the top, is uh, him with Madonna. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, so I guess he's still uh, his strength and conditioning coach. Interesting. He's got his work cut out for him. He's gonna need all the. Yeah. All the prayers. <laughs> you know, I, I want I want you know to do well though. You know, of all comeback fighters, I mean, you know, Humberto Soto did a great comeback. He looked good. I mean, not look good, but I mean, he looked looked good for his age against Brandon Rios. You know, that was well matchmaking. You know, there's no, you know, there's there is such thing that two fighters shouldn't get in the ring, but when you match them correctly. It, 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 there's there's a certain beauty to it, and seeing Soto who who really didn't get that defining fight right didn't really get that defining fight, um, get in there with with Brandon Rios who's supposed to be the bigger guy, and give a performance that he did and give us give us that you know Saturday night stand up clapping applauding you know that we want it because um I don't know about you but the rest of the like you know Fox Sports one and even Showtime I didn't get my fix but I got a semi fix from Brandon Rios and, and Humber- oh, oh, dude. Cool. I applaud those two man one was 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 grim dude I did not uh uh that Marcus I didn't right. see that fight yeah yep. uh that, that was the one that I missed but uh no, real Soto wasn't was bad. like uh, that wasn't bad. Zorita uh, yeah. was 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 crafty, man. He, like, you know, just the, the older fighter knew how to move away, knew how to steal the end of the rounds, um, but also like his punch section. You know, Brandon was kind of like marching forward, um, and he would do some stuff when he'd get inside. But uh, Soto was just really good at keeping his distance and and uh, making him something. He'd come right back. Um, but he was super tired. If he just knew, like like uh, uh, Sergio Mora kept saying, he just knew how to fight really well while he was tired. So no, I thought yeah. that was a that was like the of the weekend. Um, to uh, let's take let's take done? a caller really quick here. Let's take a caller here on leaving the ring, bro. All right, two zero nine. 
you're live on Living in the Ring. Hey guys, Choose welcome you. back. Hey, hey what's, what's up? up? Are you there? Hey yeah. guys, welcome back. Uh, nice to hear you guys again. <laughs> uh, I was I was driving home, so so I, I didn't really uh, get to catch all the show, but 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 I heard you guys talking about the about the apps, the ESPN and the, and the, the Zone apps. And, and and just listening to you guys right now, you guys are talking about Brandon Reels. Um, as a you consumer, have... I'm pretty happy. Huh? Yeah, I was, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask you that. Do you, are you, uh, do you like the apps? Are you, are you with it? You know what? I'll, I'll be very honest with you guys. The only the only reason I'm, 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 I'm subscribing to the app is for boxing. Uh, ESPN, I mean, they have so much stuff on there. I mean, they're I mean, hell, they're flooding me with a bunch of UFC fights, and and in all honesty, I'm just interested in the uh, in the boxing. Yeah, uh, me too. But, you right. Know, I, so, so I figured five bucks a month, you know, ain't that much. Uh, and uh, uh, the zone, um, you know what? I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the uh, 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 of the fights from from the UK, especially when they come on like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, a lot of times I'm still working. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in in Canelo fighting, Golden Boy, seeing the American fighters. Uh, that's that's really the only reason I, I'm 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 still a subscriber to the Zone. It's because of Canelo, uh, Golden Boy, and uh, 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 Danny Roman. Um, I like you him. know, so, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, as soon as those guys stop fighting on there, <laughs> you know, I'll be done. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, you know what these are? Uh, coming uh, what was that? There. So Triple G might be coming well, even, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 even, yeah. I, I, I was reading about that. Um, but, but, even but with the UK fights, huh? though, even with the UK fight, you know, I was saying, like, even, even though you don't watch the UK fights, they don't even put enough UK boxing on the zone, you know, there's, there's like a five to seven day, even what well, was it last month? I mean, it was more than 15 days gap before we got yeah. any boxing, you know, there's a, I see Bellator. I don't watch that. You know, I'm not, you know, I, their interviews come up. They have more interviews with those two. Dude, I, don't, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, that act I just, for act stuff. Like, I just, I don't care. Like I, you know, I don't care for I, it. maybe because yeah. I'm I'm getting older. I'm not a I don't know you guys. I'm not a big TV consumer. Like I'll every once in a while I'll go you know, Netflix again and watch something because somebody enough people have told me to watch something and I'll watch a show, you know. But but I'm not like I just try not to consume that much of screen and stuff. And uh, you know I like I like to read. But like Akinbarak or the boxing beat inside the PBC, like I, I just don't give a shit. Like I just want to see the fights. Yeah. I might watch the preview, but I want to watch the fights. That's like really all I care about. Uh, I mean, who's you got know the what? Time, same here. You know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, same here. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, all that extra stuff. I mean, I honestly, I haven't even watched any of the all the extra stuff. All, all I'm interested in is the boxing. You know, Golden Boy, Canelo, and then I was Triple G. You know, you know that's pretty much I want to watch the whole card. All the exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of time, you know. I don't watch a lot of stuff live, right. though, either. My wife's not into boxing at all. So, you know, if we're, if it's uh-huh. on the weekend, like, I'm just doing stuff with her, you know. Uh, and then I'll catch up, like, you know, maybe Sunday or Monday. It would be, like, boxing days. 
but uh, Saturdays, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it. That's what I like about the zone though, is that like the, the Rios uh, Soto fight, it was just much card, you know, today, you know, uh, uh-huh. and it's, it, it looks good. You know, I have no problem casting or whatever. Uh, but the ESPN plus, I mean, we're kind of getting double hit. I mean, this weekend that we got Showtime. I don't know if you guys still have Showtime. Uh, Ryan I, I, I still have Showtime. I still have Showtime, but we're gonna be switching over to HBO. My girlfriend wants to wants to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I mean, I've, you know, I, I pretty I'm much got outvoted there. Yeah, I'm actually gonna unsubscribe to Showtime. To tell you the truth, that, to me, it's just it's it's a ten dollars waste of money. You know, the new uh-huh. generation. That kid, Devin, uh, what's his name? Uh, Devin Haney. Haney? Is it Haney? Haney, yeah. yeah. Haney, Haney, right? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I just, he's headlining everything, and I just not into him. You know, I'm, like, um, I'm like talking at Bad Left, Bad Left Hook's boxing schedule. And, you know, t- this Saturday is the Castano Arislandi Laron Showtime. But then they don't list another Showtime card. You know, April thirteenth, when it's Clarissa Shields yeah. versus Christina See, Hammer. Crazy. So, like, right, first quarter of the year. Like, why would you want to have Showtime? It may, yeah, yeah, be, yeah, this it's a waste. Like for me, uh, between uh, ESPN Plus and ESPN and the Zone, those platforms right there. I, I mean, I, I'll get more than enough boxing. Uh, pay-per-views right now, it ha- it has to be a good one that I really want to see, but but I- I'm just not gonna buy a pay-per-view uh, because you know uh, uh, they're they're selling a pay-per-view. You know, it has to be something I really want to see. Um, I-, I might watch the uh, Garcia and Spence, but but I-, I don't know if I'll pay for it. Uh, a lot of the PVC fights because of the fights in the past. I'm not this past year. This past year they they, were, they have some great shows. But like in the past, where you had a superstar like uh, 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 Danny Garcia going up against somebody that was much smaller than him, ranked 40th in two weight classes below him. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I just don't watch the PVC no more. You know, you know, I know those guys are making money. I know it's their job, and, and I really do understand the uh, risk versus reward thing. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to have a, a easy night's work for a lot of money? You know, but you know, at the same time, as a fan sitting down in front of the TV, I was like, "Nah, man, I, I, there's, there's other stuff to watch, or, or you know, I, I got stuff to do around the house, uh, exactly. like PVC shows. <laughs> yeah, PVC shows nowadays, I really don't watch them unless. It's See, that's what. Just that's what I was trying to say in the beginning. Yeah, you know, they were really rough. But that's what I was trying to say in the beginning of the show is that the apps originally was to attract subscribers, okay, and also for the promoters, the 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 host to able to really monetize whether or not uh these fights were generating the viewership that they were they were asking for, right? Um if they don't if they don't stick to that original you know plan that they were thinking and they keep putting on crappy fights on these apps, five dollars and ten dollars is not much. It isn't much, but after a while, when you're not using it, you know, if you're not using it because these fights are not producing, you know, excitement, it's just going to go away, you know. And and that's my thing is that 
hey, I love the app. I love that I can watch it on my phone. I love that I can be somewhere with my wife and, you know, we, we put it up and whatever. I'm out at a family function. It's fantastic. But if it's not catching my eye, I, I'm, I'm going to turn it off. And I'm only, the reason I'm going to watch it is because I'm going to have to come on the podcast and talk about it. But other than that, come on, you know, give me something to talk about. You know, I'm, you know, yeah. I hate, you know, let me tell you this. I hate coming on the show and I got to pull shit out of my ass to talk about because, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's just terrific, man. It's terrible. You know, that makes, you know what that does to me, Primo? It makes me go reach and grab a beer because I know like, well, fuck, we're going to be here for a while. I might as well have one or two, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but... Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's I, I a very like, good point. You know, and like Gabriel, I, I like my Saturdays, but I like watching live fights, but it's got to be something worth it, me sitting down to watch it, you know? Uh-huh. And my, maybe my taste has changed because I'm older, and, you know, I'm in my late 40s now, you know, where I want more value for my buck, you know? I'm not a movie guy. I'm not a TV guy like Gabriel. I don't sit and watch a bunch of movies. A movie. And here's the crazy part. Let me rephrase. I do watch movies, but I still, I, I still watch. My old lady goes, "How many times have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Or how many times have you seen this Clint Eastwood movie?" And I said, "I don't know. It's those are good movies to me. All this other new crap that come out, it's not. And that's what I feel like I'm getting with boxing. I'm just getting a lot of new crap." You know, a lot of special effects, but no real story to it. Hello? Yeah. As much as the board has changed okay. with the stream and everything, you know, um, we still got all the multiple, multiple universes where people aren't working. Uh, and so you're not really going to get true storylines. You're going to get the ranking leading to the best fights. Like, the rankings are kind of a joke because. Network-wise, a lot of these guys didn't quite work with each other, so it, it, they've kind of circumvented the sport. The business has, uh, you know. I mean, there's hey, be some stuff. I'll, I'll say, don't skip that March 9th PBT card on Fox because uh, Effie Ajagba, uh, Nigerian heavyweight, he's like six five. He's uh, kind of somebody to check out. I mean, he's really early eight wins. Uh, he's four years old. You know, I'm always looking for that the next president. You know. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, I don't know if he's that guy, but he's uh, he's just pretty scary. I saw like the one fight I saw him. So uh, don't up on the PBC completely, you know. What about that Mexican kid that's six seven, 154? Sebastian, I've got his last name. Did you guys check him out? I uh, no? what is he on the PBC? I think he was on is PBC. Young- I can't remember. What no, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Anything else? All right, man. I, 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 I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys taking my call, and uh, I look forward to hearing you guys in, in the future. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, Dave, uh, we're starting to get up against it. Why don't we hit the uh, the fight schedule? Um, Let's this go weekend, for it, we've got... Uh, we've got Brian Castano on uh, at the Clay Center in Brooklyn, New York, on Saturday, March 2nd. It looks like there's no Friday fights. Um, Eris Landy Law take on Brian Castano, junior middleweight in action. Um, this is a pretty good fight, man. Uh, you know, Lara 25 3 and 2, 14 knockouts, 
with a 74-inch reach fighting out of Houston, Texas. Uh, he's 35 years old, you know, and he's starting to – he was coming off that loss mm-hmm. to Jarrett Hurd, and so he gets a title shot against uh, WBA uh, 154 title holder, Brian Carlos Castano. Um Actually, no, is the hold, the holder? Is this a vacant? Let me just double-check really quick. Um, no, Castano has the WBA belt uh, yeah. that also Jarrett Hurd had. Uh, that's why it was confusing. Um, but yeah, Castano uh, is uh, you know, 11 knockouts. Um, nine years old out of Argentina. 6'1", 67 inch reach. Uh, he's an orthodox fighter. Um, I don't know, it's a tough fight. I think Castano is going to win it. I like him. He's, you know, he's a solid boxer. Something super special about him, but you know, hits hard enough. Functional speed. Um, cuts the well, um, you know, this is the biggest test he's had, uh, Aristide Lara. And, you know, the, Lara can stay off the and just get a boxing match, uh, and the judges like that versus uh, maybe harder to Castano. You can buy a decision, but this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Castano on. I, you um, know what? I'm going to agree with you with Castano because here's the thing Lara has to come out and prove something. You know, going against Hurd, he wanted that rematch, didn't get it. Um, to me, in order to make a statement, just move forward to get what he's looking for, to get back what he lost, he, he's got he's to gotta kind of put himself out there. I don't know what you think, Gabriel. I think he has to put something on the line there. He's got to fight like he wants to be back on that map. If he doesn't and he tries to sit back and use those boxing skills that kind of put you know, fans to sleep, I think that's it. I think he's sealed, done, and delivered. I think the judges are going to go with a more active guy uh, because it makes more sense for for the venue. I mean, for the for the people that are putting money behind them um, to go with a guy that's that's you know on the come up rather on the on the on the down. So I'm going with your pick. All right, I I, I just think he's going to fight an Aristide Lara fight and and lose. Uh, Luis Ortiz on Christian Hammer. Heavyweights in action, 10 rounds. Um, and Ricardo Nunes versus Edgar Cherry was supposed to happen, uh, but they're now off the card. Uh, Cherry had a medical uh, uh, issue, and so they're, they've been replaced by uh, Brian De Gracia and Mexico's Eduardo Ramirez. Uh, De Gracia is out of Panama. Um, they're featherweights. Um, so now it's still going to be a triple header. It's going to be with those guys instead. So um, that's... Although also uh, in the east of England arena in Peterborough, England, uh, on DAZN, uh, Jordan Gill takes on Emmanuel Dominguez, featherweights. Uh, Richard uh, Riakpori, uh takes on Tommy McCarthy. And Lee Wood takes on Abraham Osai Bonsu. Uh, it's cruiserweights and then featherweights in Agam. Um That'll, you know, be- kick off March, which, you know, it's got some, some decent fights in it. That uh, Dubois fights on ESPN Plus on March 8th. Um, Guy to keep an eye on the heavyweight. Sean Porter takes on uh, your Dennis Udas. Uh, Dimitri Bivol versus Joe Smith Jr. Uh, that's actually just a, a nice group with Reese Hooker and also Callum Johnson on it. Um, Farmer makes an appearance, the uh, defense, uh, March 15th. And then middle of the month, we got uh, Spence Garcia. Um, you know, and then the next night, 
We've got a ESPN Plus card with uh, Michael Conlon and uh, Louis Colazzo, the Never Say Die Colazzo. It just keeps on going, the Energizer Bunny. Uh, yeah, March is, is not too bad uh, in terms of fights, but there's not that big, you know, marquee matchup uh, that's going to light everything on fire, uh, I don't think, you know, besides, you know, Garcia uh, Spence. You know, I'm curious about that card, man. you know, being a pay-per-view and all with, like, you know, Charles Martin and Chris Ariola not fighting each other, but, you know, on the card, uh, so, you know, the Charles Martin will be on best. Joe Arroyo, Bantamweights, and David Benavides taking on Jayon Love and support. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> and that's the weekend yeah, fight that's... schedule and a little bit of a preview into the year. Well, there you go here on Leave in the Ring, man. I want to, again, uh, thank everybody that's tuned in and called in. Sorry we didn't pick up all the calls. We just had a lot of catch-up with here on the show. Uh, apologize if there's an echo when I'm talking because I am in my office. And like I can say it's kind of, it's kind of empty here. I'm, I still have a lot to build. And hopefully, by the summertime, I'll be completed here in the podcast because I want to have a live – I want to have cameras and everything um, and do live shows. Uh, you know, we have some, some plans here, me and Gabriel. We just got to um, – you know, follow through with it, you know, uh, as you would say, because we do want to do some more stuff. Here. Hey, we're on Spotify now. Um, we, we should be because uh, I just got it all set up this week. So folks have been asking for us to be on Spotify. We're there. Uh, hopefully we'll get on some other platforms that we're going to work on to try to get us as everywhere, everybody. Because I always get, you know, we always get this, hey, hey, are you on this? And can I get you on this app? And I'm like, uh, well, we're on Blog Talk and uh, Autoboom, but I guess everybody don't have that or, or what is the iTunes, you know, and stuff. So they want to have us on other platforms. So hopefully that works out and helps everybody else out. Um, on behalf of me and everybody else, I know for Gable, we're happy to be back and we can, we, we're going to continue to be back every Monday at 5 p.m. here on Leave Ring. If we sound a little off, if we sound like a little pre-Chino Madonna, because I'm kind of fatigued right now, man. Two hours of talking boxing. I got to get back juiced up into it, man. Maybe I should reach out to Alex Ariza here, uh, Gabriel, because uh, uh, I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> a little shake, man. <laughs> you know, shake, but Alex. I'm happy, man. I, I was excited. I, I got to tell you, I was excited to come on. Um, the adrenaline coming back on the podcast here on Leaving Ring is like no other. I truly, truly enjoy it. I apologize for the long layoff. But we're back officially here to talk boxing and uh, definitely take your calls. We really want to get back to interacting with our, with our listeners here on Leave a Ring to Talk Boxing. Gabriel, anything, man, you want to add here on the show before we uh, say good night? And, uh, no. you know. I think I got, you know, two man hours. Man of many in. words. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a man of many words. <laughs> I'm a little tired myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next Monday. All right, then. There you go. And remember, everybody, have a great weekend. Don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballero. Yeah.